Welcome to Fire Engineering Blog Talk Radio. This is Tom Merrill, and today's installment of the Professional Volunteer Fire Department is live from FDIC 2023. We are live just outside the showroom. You can hear a lot of commotion, people walking by, people waving. This is it. This is where it's happening. I can't believe it's another year here in Indianapolis, and I'm so honored and excited to have three of my comrades here with me today that I'm very close with, that I work with every day at my volunteer fire department. I have Captain Zach Polvino on the right. In the middle is Commissioner Paul Griebner. And right next to me on my immediate right is our Chief of Department, Tim Oliver. And they join me today because we're going to talk about FDIC. We're going to talk about some of the events that went on this uh, past week. And we're also going to talk about some takeaways that maybe we can take back home, things we might have picked up in class and maybe also some products that we saw that we might want to look a little closer at when we get back home. So it's been a full week. It's been an exhausting week. We all have our coffee or energy drinks because the networking (laughs) at night that goes on is just as valuable as the classroom training and seeing all the products on the floor. And I say this every time, gentlemen, one of these years, we're going to stay till Sunday So on Saturday, we can just crash at the hotel and do nothing because it has just been a full, full week. Has it not? Yes, absolutely. And we got a full day ahead of us, too. We've got to spend the rest of the day after this podcast out on the floor. So, again, thank you for listening to the Professional Volunteer Fire Department. And as I start every podcast off, let me remind, remind all of you, folks, it's 2023. Don't forget, our residents are owed professional service delivered by professional firefighters representing professional organizations. And after attending FDIC this week, that was reaffirmed over and over again in so many classes that I took, but I'll get to that in just a little bit. First and foremost, let's remember our friend, Chief Bobby Halton. I think we can all agree, it was a little different not seeing him walking through the hallways. I think we can all agree the tributes, video, and musical tributes that we saw at the conference, at the opening session, and then at his memorial service were very inspiring and just paid such a great tribute to the man. You know, he was a good friend of Snyder. Uh, For those that don't know, his wife, Marsha, is from Buffalo. And as a reminder, my department is just outside Buffalo. So Bobby befriended us years ago when he made that Buffalo connection. And Bobby being Bobby, Never forgot a face. So even before we knew him as well as we did up until he passed away, he'd remember us, right? We'd be walking down a hallway mm-hmm. or outside at one of the events, and he'd, he'd remember us from the year before. We got to learn how to do that because I, I I can't figure out how he could. That's it's such a skill that he had. He never forgot a name, never forgot a face. But for me, his friendship is what meant the most to me. I had a chance to to be with others they when uh, they did the memorial service the other night i was able to go on stage and say a few words about him which i was <clears throat> so incredibly honored to do told a funny story about chief halton years ago he came to our firehouse just before i knew him <laughs> and uh, we had a brand new firehouse uh beautiful brick firehouse traditional style facing main street usa and as i said in my tribute to Bobby. It literally faces Main Street in her hometown. So Bobby one day is in Buffalo because that's where his wife's from and they find themselves in front of our firehouse. 
And he says to Marsha, I got to go check this firehouse out. Look at this beautiful new building. And Marsha says, Bobby, do you think they really want you bothering them? What if they're too busy? And he goes, what do you mean? I'm Chief Bobby Halton. I'm the editor-in-chief of Fire Engineering Magazine. I run the FDIC conference, the greatest fire conference in the world. I'm a well-known fire chief. So Marsha goes, whatever, go do what you got to do. I'm sure she's been through that time and time again. So Bobby goes off. And now being a volunteer firehouse, there might not have been anybody there, right? We don't staff it 24-7. Well, he rings the bell and a young firefighter answers. Bobby looks at him like as as if expecting this firefighter is going to immediately recognize him, roll out the red carpet. So he doesn't. So Bobby says, hey, I'm Chief Bobby Halton. I'd love to get a tour of your firehouse. And the young firefighter says, um, not today, Chief. We're not doing tours today. And with that, he bid Bobby a fond farewell and closed the door. I got to imagine Bobby was shocked, dumbfounded, maybe even angry. But he had to go back to the car where Marsha was waiting. And she just looked over at him and said, well-known fire chief, huh? (laughs) <laughs> never did figure out who that firefighter was and they're not going to admit to it no they won't keep that your mission <laughs> the commissioners are assigning that to you now actually what's that For time years, period used to say the it, times you never give a description of them and yeah he, he never, never did he never did so i and, and I'm sure it's a time frame for prosecution has passed. What's that word? Uh, that there's that phrase. Statue, of Statue of limitations has kicked in. <laughs> so even if we figured it out, way to pull that out. Yeah. So, but if we were to figure, we we just don't know who it is. We did make it up to Bobby a few years later in 2016. He came in, keynoted our hundredth anniversary, and he got the tour that he did not get that day. You know, that says a lot about Bobby, because in all seriousness, that could not have maybe not have been a funny story. He could have harbored ill will or a grudge, and he never did. He also never let people forget it every time he saw us. <laughs> be like, oh, these are my friends from Snyder, the only fire department I've been banned from or never allowed in. <laughs> but he never did that. And that's my memory of Bobby. Just a humble, fun man to be around. I mean, for me personally, the the connection we made when he encouraged me to start writing and called me, you know, when your phone rings and it says Bobby Halton, you just drop what you're doing. I work at the alarm office. Don't tell our boss. Chief works with me at the alarm office. If I'm answering a 911 call and Bobby Halton called, I'd have to put the 911 caller on hold. No, I'm kidding. I would never do that. But you never ignored a call from Bobby. And he called me. And if I ever had to call him, he answered every single time, if not just to say, hey, I'm in the middle of something. I will call you right back. And he did. And then he calls me to put a presentation together, not for a local venue, but for FDIC. I had never presented anywhere other than back home. The encouragement to support, to write, to present, offered me this podcast. And oh, yeah, you're going to write a book for me, he says, and follows up with the contract the book, The Professional Volunteer Fire Department, which will be coming out this year. He just had this uncanny ability to just go out and find people that could give back to the fire service. People that, like myself, I didn't have the self-confidence to do that. He gave me that self-confidence. You know, I got a uh, brochure, a little memorial brochure tribute to Bobby when I went to his funeral back in January. It's sitting on my desk because I cannot discard it it's just a beautiful picture of him with a beautiful biography and as i was finishing up my fdic presentation for this year at my desk at home i looked over at that 
picture on my desk, that memorial tribute brochure, and saluted him and just said, thank you, Bobby, because you gave me all this. He will be missed, but I'll never forget him. Chief, what do you think of the Chief? Is, is Bobby our power up already? <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, Tom, you know, once he gets going, Chief, yeah. it's hard to slow him down. Yeah. No, uh, I, you know, I think you hit on the good points there. I mean, you remember him just being this large presence in, you know, just walking around, whether it's out on the floor or coming out to the hot classes or, you know, the just the, you know, the hour and 45 classes um, during the week. And he was just around, and like you said, he remembered you, and he'd say hi to you. He'd never back away from saying hi to you and talking to you for a couple minutes, and you know. And then, you know, being the MC at our hundredth anniversary was was a large, you know, big thing. And yeah, I think those are the the things that I remember most about him. Yeah, you know, just uh, just a great overall, uh, just a great guy. If somebody did say this week that when Bobby stopped and talked to you, even if it was only for a minute, he was one hundred percent focused on mm-hmm. you for that yep. minute yeah. understand he had to walk away and do other things but for that one minute or 30 seconds or two minutes you were the undivided his undivided attention commissioner Grebner. well let me let me dovetail in that because uh you know you already mentioned it but there's two two distinct memories i have and one is you know the opening ceremony right and you come here wow. and you know it's a long year and you know you're going to you're tired and you're wearing out and then bobby would come on stage and fire you up uh, I was always concerned he was going to have a heart attack, you know, because he just got, but I mean, he would just recharge my batteries. And the second big thing is you mentioned it in 2016 when he came in, I met him at the airport. And if you recall, he had suffered an injury at home. Oh yeah. Tell that. Story. And so, and so here's a man that, you know, is obviously committed to coming. So even though he, you know, he suffered a fall and he, and he was, why he was just bruised walking. Nothing was broken, thankfully, but, you know, he he could have easily canceled and said, you know, I can't do it. That's not Bobby, right? He was there. And again, just, I mean, friendly. I mean, I never really had a great, this was my first opportunity to really have a one-on-one with him. And it was great. It's like we've been, you know, friends for 30 years. He got off the plane with a cane, didn't he? Yeah, you know, and, he, but, and, and again, you know, I saw him and, and, and of course he's limping over to me, you know, and I'm, you know, he, I'm wearing my fire department regalia. So he reckoned, you know, he came right over to me, but, uh, and I introduced myself, but, but again, he could have easily said, look at, you know, guys, I'm so sorry. But instead he comes and does one of his fiery presentations yeah. for our, our keynote for our two Never missed a beat. For yep. our hundred year anniversary. Yeah. Never missed a beat, you know, and uh, I'll, I'll never forget the night before being home. And I believe it had to have been you I was talking to when we found out yeah. that uh, he fell and injured himself pretty badly. Again, not bad enough. We didn't know at the time that he could walk, although he did need a cane. But I think any lesser person would have probably canceled on us. And easy, if you think about it, easily, right? You can eat it's an excuse. Of course, no one's going to say, well, what's wrong with you? Why aren't you here? Right. Of course, you're going to say, hey, sorry this happened. But you're right, not Bobby. He had to get on an airplane that, and fly in. Oh, it's I not can't like imagine how uncomfortable minutes. that was. Right, right. Amazing. Forgot all about that. Yep. Great memory. Yeah. Zach Bovino, I know you've interacted with the chief over the years. You've been coming to FDIC a long time. What are your memories? So, um, well, so you mentioned it earlier, the uh, the infamous firehouse story. Um, there was one year when um, I was standing in one of the hallways here for uh, waiting for a hot class, um, and chief happened to walk by. He saw, yeah, there's you know, hundred people there. We're all wearing blue fire department shirts of some sort right because that's our color 
And he happens to look over and sees Snyder across my front of my shirt. So he came over and, you know, hey, how's hot class, blah, blah, blah. And then, you know, he's like, hey, everybody, this tells, tells a whole story about the firehouse incident. And, you know, so, you know, everyone had a good chuckle about that. And then, you know, afterwards he shook my head and said, hey, look, I didn't mean to embarrass you. I'm like, no, 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 absolutely. I understand. Um, so it was, it was a nice moment, you know, to, you know, for that. Obviously, you know, I had to go on and meet other, you know, everybody else, you know, trying to shake his hand and everything for, uh, um, you know, the hot classes. But, yeah, it was, you know, that was, I think, like Tim said, you know, nice guy. Just, you know, shake your hand, said hello type of thing. So, um, yeah, you know, very poignant moment here. Um, I've heard from several of the presenters and people involved in the memorial tribute to Bobby that you can feel his presence here in the hallways and in the classrooms. And uh, I, I, I think that's so true. And Bobby was a man of incredible faith. I think we can all agree to that. And I had an interesting experience that I shared with these gentlemen just walking over here. You, know, you talk about faith and then there's a, there's a Bobby connection here. There's a family connection. So I have a second cousin that lives in Indianapolis and I don't get to see him at all because he doesn't come back to Buffalo very often. And I did see him every year, a few times a year back when I was a kid and he was a kid at our family picnics and gatherings as the chief likes to tease me. Merrill family party season. Merrill farm family party <laughs> season's about 365 <laughs> day a year. I have a very large family. We have a lot of fun together. So anyway, he moves here to Indianapolis and three years ago or four years ago, he decides to walk through the conference center, my second cousin, just to see if his second cousin, Tom Merrill, is going to be here. And don't you know, I turn a corner and bump into him. That was three years ago. It might have been four years ago. I can't remember now with COVID. But I can tell you this happened three times in a row. It happened again last year, walking through this cavernous, humongous conference center where you can go in one of 50 directions. He decides at a given moment to walk into this conference center at the, in the exact same door that I might be walking in and we cross paths. So it happened two years in a row and again this year. I'm walking back with a group of Snyder firefighters after lunch. We walk into the building. We could have gone right. We could have gone left. We went right until one of my firefighters says, hey, I got to get something over there. So we stopped, turned our way around and went to the left, go around the corner and there's my second cousin who picked that exact moment to walk in to see if he could find me. No texting, no communicating ahead of time, nothing like that. That's fate. And we joked that it was our, his father and mother who are deceased, my father and mother who are deceased, and all our relatives up there making sure that happened. And it's very poignant, and it is fate. And I think I can attribute that also to Bobby, because Bobby was a man of family. He was a man of faith. And I think he made it happen again for me this year. But his presence is here. And I had a chance to talk to his family at the memorial service, his beautiful wife, Marsha, and his sons, Dean, Ryan, and Evan, who are just wonderful young men. And I said, you know, your father gave me this. All these firefighters that I got to know through Bobby and through FDIC and this great experience. And I'll never be able to repay him, but I'll never, ever forget it. Never stop thanking him. And he just said, Bobby loved firefighters. And if you are a friend of Bobby's, you are a friend 
through and through for life. And he, so he said, you don't have to thank, because I thanked the family for Bobby. He said, you don't have to thank us. You, know, you were family to him and now you're family to us. And uh, they're just a wonderful, wonderful family. But I don't think it could have gone off any better here at FDIC 2023 to memorial, memorialize Bobby. So thank you for that, gentlemen. Thank you for your memories. How about we start the show, huh? <laughs> <laughs> FDIC 2023 is it never get it never gets boring. It, I'm exhausted. It's a good exhaust. It's like a good workout, right? You're tired, but it's a good tired. The week ain't over yet. Full day ahead of us. We're gonna day. walk. Full day today. We're gonna walk the show. A lot of walk, a lot of steps today. Go get, over to yeah, the, get your steps up. Yep, you will get your steps up. Oh, absolutely. Oh, and I'm gimpy. Uh, they're making fun of me. I had, I think I might have mentioned it on my last podcast. I'm not even sure, but I had some ankle surgery in early March, and I thought, oh, by FDIC, I'll be fine. Well, been doing okay. A couple Uber trips because of the pain, but not too bad. But he got, got him on a scooter. He got That's the chief got me on one of those Indianapolis I would scooters. Have, I would have paid to have seen that. Uh, I, I wish there was video. He, of he that. didn't know how to use it. But we got him on it. That, well, that just goes. Show him. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I have an app. It's like which he didn't have. Well, it's like I pull into a park. Luckily, I had the two. chief good, took care good job. of me. Luckily, As I always, had two. The chief took care of you. Yep. You know, it's like when you park in Buffalo and you need an app. And I'm like, I don't have the app, and then I sit there trying to load it. And I ah, anyway, insane. <laughs> We're live from the show floor. In case you do hear a lot of noise in the background, people going by. I've seen some pictures already being taken. It's a lot of fun, <laughs> but this is an exhausting, exhilarating week that just recharges your batteries. There's fire service legends here to mingle with and talk with, and one of those legends that um, I'm pleased to know, but sitting in his class this week, Chief John Norman. Oh, I bet you these are my notes. Now, Zach, you have your notes? Yeah. These are my notes. See how messy? Yeah. Zach, will you hold your notes up? <laughs> this are, is embarrassing. That's, that's, this is, these sitting next to me in a class yesterday taking notes, I'm like, how do you have time <laughs> to write that neat? Neatly, yeah. Neatly. Grammatically incorrect and grammatically correct. Look at mine. Look at mine are falling apart. <laughs> I got scribbles. Zach, how do you do that? I, I don't, I mean, I can't write fast enough to catch what the instructor's saying. So I'm writing even faster. He's like block lettering perfect. It, I, it it's amazing. I, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it's all those, all that time spent in college learning how to letter. <laughs> yep. College paid off? Yeah, something. Engineering, that. you know. Yeah. So, I took Chief John Norman's class. It was fires in strip malls and stores and taxpayers, and it was just a, a phenomenal class. I got pages of notes. I'd like to come back and put a presentation together for Snyder. That's what we do, right? That's one thing we do. Let me tell you a little bit about Snyder. We we send traditionally 10 firefighters to this conference, and it's traditionally officers, commissioners. This year, we changed it up. We brought two firefighters. They're not in the officer ranks. They're relatively in the new side of their career. One's within a year of starting. The other's a few years in. But we wanted to plant the seed. How do you think that's going, Chief? I think it went really well. I think uh, just talking to both Chris and Rosie was just, you know, they're, I think they were really enthusiastic, you know, when when we brought it up to them about coming. And I think uh, just their experience has just been mind-blowing for, yeah. for them. Uh, they got the FDIC hook. They, yeah, you know, they Chris. Kool Aid. I'll tell the story about Chris when we first got here on Sunday. Chris nerded out, you know, immediately and bought a FDIC jacket and three hats. 
Well, you know, right after we got our badges uh, Friday or uh, Sunday afternoon. So right then and there, I think he was he yeah. was hooked. And yeah. uh, Rosie, I think, you know, talking to her a couple times this week, she uh, she's really enjoyed her classes and uh, she's learned a lot. And, you know, I'm, I'm just happy that with, uh, both of them could could make it here. Yeah, absolutely. Zach, I know you had time. You spent some time with them. Yeah. And uh, what's what? Do you- so, uh, I mean, so you talk about like the networking and stuff afterwards. So Chris and I, um, after the stuff yesterday afternoon and evening, we went we went over and had a uh, adult beverage and a cigar. And we were talking about the fire department in general, our fire department. And we were talking about some of the stuff as, you know, somebody who's, you know, for Chris, who's coming into, you know, a couple of years now in and kind of moving up and looking to move up and where, you know, he's looking to go and do and things to think about, um, you know, and the experiences that he learned here and the different classes and, you know, what to take back and how to use that, you know, in, in at home and, you know, development of something or, or even, you know, just, you know, expanding on some ideas and looking at things differently and making those connections as to why, you know, a drill, you know, we, myself or one of the other captains might be teaching something and kind of get that idea of, okay, this now makes sense, a little bit more sense. Those those connections are made a little bit better. So so we had that, kind of, you know, kind of conversations like that. I know, so I know he's definitely enjoying it. Um, Rosie, she's like, she said she's like a kid at, you know, Christmas morning, like every day, like waiting to like, yeah. you know, come in, um, looking for a hat. She's looking for a specific, you know, specific a, type. Well, one well, that fits her. Has three of them, so one one that fits her tiny little head. Ah, yeah, gotcha. <laughs> you know, Chief Lasky always calls FDIC uh, Disney World for firefighters, right? You think they're feeling that? I think so. So, uh, well, so I, th- I think so. You know, I, I was going to say uh, that I wanted the reaction after today after they get in the show here behind us. Yeah, and they, they just get overwhelmed with everything that's here. I mean, just everything that's here. Yeah, and I, I so I'll be be interesting to talk to them tomorrow. It you know, as we uh, as we fly home. Uh, yeah. But I think the other thing it does is uh, you know uh, the fact that we we have two firefighters coming uh, this year, which we hadn't done in the past. You know, you're officer commissioner. You know, right. But to do that going forward, you know, for next year and the mm-hmm. year after. I mean, I think it just. And these are our future officers too, and, right. and and so it's just perfect. It's just a great opportunity, and it might plant a seed to keep them with us for a while. Um, you know, it really plants that seed of sisterhood and brotherhood and <clears throat> the camaraderie and just all of that. So yeah, it's a great idea, I think, and uh, hopefully we're going to continue to do that. And uh, so we got a good contingent of ten of us here, learning and training and working hard to be better back home, and that's what it's all about. Matter of fact. Uh, one thing that we like, and this has been a, so we call it the Snyder Way, and there's a lot of different attributes, parts of the Snyder Way, and one of them is you don't just come here and go home. You come here and you do take notes, and you do plan for the future, and you do run drills and bring back information. And that being said, you, there's a dichotomy there. You don't change everything back home, but you bring back information, try new ideas, and see what works, what doesn't work. And maybe have some drill ideas. And we ask our officers, uh, Captain Povino, who's done it before, right? You bring back training ideas. Zach, have you mm. come up with anything that we're going to be changing or working on in the year ahead? No. <laughs> um, I mean, I, I think I've looked at this year, this year's conference specifically as, you know, looking at the big topics and, and how that's going to impact us, right? Uh, lithium ion batteries. I at, figured that would know, be a big one. A um, few other officers are already involved in that, so I'm not trying to step on toes, but also trying to educate myself. 
So working with them, you know, I think at some point, you know, talk about writing, you know, our, our own standards. I think at some point, um, you know, Joe and I will probably sit down and write a, our department SOG for it, you know, and it's an evolving process to get there. Um, but, you know, you take information that, you know, Joe's pretty knowledgeable about what's going on in the industry from, from his own research, but you add to it what we've learned here. Um, took a, a active shooter, um, four hour hot class, um, you know, another topic, unfortunately in the world that we're in, that's, you know, very real, mm-hmm. um, sad, but true, sad, very sad, but true. But, you know, again, you know, we do a lot of training on that, you know, back home. And, and so trying to add on to that and, you know, freshen up some skills and, you know, hopefully, obviously, hopefully we never have to use it, but right. you know, you don't want to be caught unprepared, you know, God forbid we, we need to. Um, yeah, oh, for sure. There's no shortage of classes. That's for no. sure. Matter of fact, there's so many, uh, for the first time I've been coming here, it's gotta be my 25th FDIC, maybe, maybe 23rd. I don't know, somewhere in the area. First time ever I got locked out of a class. I just couldn't. And I went there right after the closing ceremony on, uh, on the opening ceremony opening on, Wednesday. on Wednesday. yeah. And I, I walked right over to the class and there was this huge line for um, intoxicated leadership and I could not get in. First time that's ever happened to me. So, Commissioner Griebner, I know you had a full slate of classes. What are you looking well, at? Well, I'll tell you, and first of all, I like what Zach said. I did, go, you know, the lithium ion. I, I mean, that was, I took, took the class That's yesterday. That's big one was right just now, isn't it? Amazing. I mean, it was, talk about, I mean, I finally thought somebody could rival you. And as far as, uh, I mean, energy and passion, I mean, it was really, uh, that was a great class. Fantastic. Um, but, uh, so that was one thing, but. The other thing is recruitment retention, which I know Zach is super involved with, uh, as we all are, but I know Zach was specifically. But uh, So I did that. But my big passion, as you know, is firefighter cancer. And uh, so uh, I was able to attend a couple of those classes, get a lot of information. It was mentioned yesterday in the, uh, in the general session. And I want to just remind everybody about the uh, National Firefighter Registry. And I would encourage everybody who's listened to us to, to participate in that. I haven't done it yet, but I will do it soon as uh, I'm not as technically savvy as the captain is, but uh, for the, the chief, but I'll figure it out eventually or, or I'll get my daughters yeah. to help me. Yeah, there you go. So, uh, but again, seriously, I, I just want to encourage everybody to to do that because it's, it's, as we heard yesterday in that general session, super important to do. It is. And what I take back from that uh, is not necessarily maybe in a drill presence, but I, I know, I'm sure you've noticed it, but I post on the board yep. different things and there's... I'm going to look today as we walk through the show I, and I put it up so I can share with our members as they come to our board and they're waiting, you know, I, I, you know across from the running cards there. And I put that down and I, I change the posters up and, and whatever information, uh, education. I mean, it's super important. I, we've learned a lot and we've done a lot in our, our fire mm-hmm. station and, and with our gear and, and how we decon on scene and the things that we've done. And it's, and it's been great, but we, there's more to do. Right. You know, um, since this is a professional volunteer fire department, let's remind everybody, you know what? Cancer doesn't differentiate between paid and career or paid career or volunteer firefighters. Cancer is very real. It's, uh, you know, I've said this before, you know, one of our big focuses in the fire service is recruitment, even on the paid side, right? Well, how does that hurt? How does that help? Join the fire service and get cancer, right? No. So you've got to show that you're taking the steps 
to educate your members and to help them mitigate their cancer risk. And thank you for reminding me, um, Candace McDonald from the National Volunteer Fire Council came up to me in the hallway and gave me a package of posters. Oh, so excellent. With that, with the cancer message, cancer awareness excellent. message. Excellent, I'm glad. Folks, as a professional, understand this cancer risk is very real. I tell the story in my presentations that we had three firefighters from my town, the town of Amherst, New York, die in a 15-month period. 49, 53, and I don't have the exact age of Mike Morris, but I'm going to guess he was right in there. We lost Mike Morris, chief from East Amherst. We lost Chief Radar Riley, chief from Maine Transit. We lost Chief Mark Heim from North Amherst who was a dear personal friend to all, all of them were dear personal friends. Mark Heim was also our department mechanic. And the only, the only similarity in their deaths was it was a crazy, funky, unexplainable type cancer. And the similarity is they were firefighters. It's very, very real. And we need to take the steps as professionals to mitigate the risk and to educate our members. And how lucky are we that we have this cross-section here, firefighters, officers, a chief, and some commissioners to not just take in classes like that, but all these classes to bring back this knowledge and information to digest it back home and apply it where we can. Chief, what are you focusing on this week? Uh, a couple things that I took was, um, you know, dealing with dealing with difficult people. It's a four hour class. Do you think uh, that's and, good uh, for a chief to take? On, uh, <laughs> was it Tuesday? Tuesday, yeah, Tuesday afternoon, I believe, uh, which is really good. And you know, it makes you think a lot about you know what you're dealing with as a chief. And you know, I joked last last weekend um, that uh, while I don't have any children of my own, I have eighty children. <laughs> and uh, it was just true because there's just 80 different personalities and you're dealing with conflicting personalities and just, you know, it's. Uh, I'd say that was a good class to take. Yeah. Yeah, it was good. So do you have good. notes? Uh, I do have some notes. <laughs> Are they like Zach's? I don't have not like, no, exact, no, my, I my handwriting that. is worse than both of yours. So, um, but I can read it. So that's, that's all, all that matters. matters right. Yeah. There you go. Well, I always said that. I always said that, and Tom would agree. I'm sure as past chiefs that being being parents was definitely, and I think Zach would agree as a father that being a parent was helpful in, in being a chief and, and dealing with those eighty kids. You yep. know, and you and you are you sure the title of the class was in dealing with difficult commissioners? No, <laughs> I, I thought no, maybe not yet. Not yet. No. I, that's a good answer, Chief. Yeah, not Thanks. yet. Yeah. You know, Chief, you're entering your second year now as chief of our department. You just got installed. We were all at our fire department installation banquet the night before leaving for FDIC on Saturday. And uh, so you were starting your second year. Um, anything you've learned, anything you want to pass on to maybe a chief that's going to be coming up the ranks? Or um, I know you you and I have shared some great conversations about team building. and Yeah, uh, listen to your people. Like, listen, use the, use the strengths and... You know, they can they can help with the weaknesses of others. And, you know, everybody, everybody can't be 100 percent, you know, go to rah, rah, every, you know, you know, 365 days a year, you know, 100 percent of calls. You know, you're going to have the 
the ones that are barely making the minimum. But when they do there, when they are there, they're there. They're they're there to work. They're there to to help out. They're there to put the fire out and you know help with that EMS call. So I think you know just just listen to to what people have to say and. You don't have to necessarily do what they have to, you know, what they have to say, but you can listen to it and apply it whichever way you want. And uh, I think that's that's something I've learned over the last year. You know, that one word that comes up a lot in all the leadership classes, and it's so, so true in the volunteer ranks. It's the R word, respect, right? People come from all different backgrounds, all different learning curves. Everyone. And another thing I learned once and when I think Jack, I, or Zach, I probably wrote it down in one of the leadership classes. I know you take a lot of those. Everyone's dealing with something, you know, it's a good reminder. Everybody's got something going on in their personal life. And another thing I learned is, um, you know, some of us, especially when we're officers, we're so gung ho. We're so into it. We drop what we're doing day in and day out. And if we could do it for a career, a lot probably would. But then there's the average firefighter that joined their volunteer fire department just to help out. They're not interested in making it a career. They're offering to help whenever they can. They're a banker. They're a teacher. They have a career some other way. Maybe they're even retired but prefer to travel three weeks out of the month, whatever it is. And I think sometimes those that are really passionate and gung-ho need to take a step back and understand that not everyone has that drive and passion but when they're around, they're going to give you what they have. And I was talking about this before the show with these gentlemen that, you know what? They often stay out of all the internal BS and that. They just show up, do their job and go home. And when they're home or on their you know business trip or whatever, they're not thinking about the politic of the day back at the firehouse. And, you know, I think that's important to remember, you know, and as long as they're meeting their requirements, stop hassling them. Stop, you know, they're, they're, everyone brings something to the table. And if they're meeting whatever minimum requirements are that you have, now, I have talked to departments that have no minimum requirements. So then how can you be upset? Folks, you got to establish minimum requirements. And it doesn't have to be meetings. How about training and call participation minimum requirements that are reasonable? And if you have to start cutting to make it easier to retain members, my opinion, just Tom Merrill, Get the meetings out. Why do we mandate you have to go to meetings? There's minutes. If there's important information that needs to be relayed, there's email blasts. The chiefs can do a newsletter. The president can do a newsletter. There's bulletin boards in firehouses. Nobody reads anymore. Okay. Send it out in some informational video then. Point is, get creative. Think outside the box. Because as we've learned, it's 2023. We're living in a different world. And this different world means we need to try new and innovative things and that comes to recruitment and the other side of it retention hey how about the three r's recruitment and retention equals respect you just create write that, that just down now. zach and your knee right oh boy now oh boy you think you'll want a banner recruitment and respect your members and i think the chief will agree it's about building a team everyone brings something to the table yeah and i think you got to you know, you got to learn that you can, the, the, one of the, the dealing with difficult people class, they talked about the generational divide, oh. you know, the, you have the, the guys that were born in the sixties and then the, the newer members that, you know, they may have been born in the two thousands and there's a huge difference. And one of my things last year at my installation speech was, you know, the newer guys have to 
listen to the more senior members because they've been around and the senior members have to listen to the newer guys because they have or newer firefighters that might have different uh, ideas on how to do things better so aka respect yeah mutual respect right back and forth and everything but, where'd you, know, you right? hear that <laughs> uh you probably said it chief <laughs> i mean class you know? <laughs> <laughs> no it's so true you know that's another thing you know this generational divide we joke about it we joked about it in my class you know firefighters coming in today don't know philip said from a <laughs> flathead screwdriver and they oh. call it plus and minus and, and it always gets a laugh when you say that yeah. <laughs> that chief salk is the one that told me that one i think that that Hello there, Chief. Uh, the firefighters uh, coming through the uh, coming through the Walking door today. They, 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 Tom they Merrill here. Chief, stuff. Chief Jason Holbelman uh, just walked by. It's just a, a good friend, great guy, great chief. A lot of great leadership books that he's written, and uh, a lot of great instructing he does. So again, live at FDIC, glass partitions here. People waving, a lot of activity, a lot of action going on. So I think. But, Sorry, I think no, it's, go ahead, Zach. I, was it was, I had a thought. No, it's, go ahead. You and the, the chief talking about that. I think something you hit on something that was kind of interesting. And you're right. We do talk about I, I focus a lot of my time non-operationally on recruitment and retention. And you talked about, you know, newer members coming in and not knowing something. And I think that's where it's incumbent upon us as officers um, and as senior firefighters to understand that. And remember that when we came in, most of us didn't know anything either. Um, and teach them, right? And, and, you know, pull them aside. I remember being a brand new torch boy and now a former member pulling me aside and walking me through the pumper and saying, this is what thing, this is where this is. This is what this does. You know, he took time out of his, he was upstairs in, in our firehouse doing it in the workout room. He took time, came downstairs, said, hey, I saw you poking around. This is what, you know, everything is. And, you know, that kind of stuck with me for a little bit, you know, and then thinking about, over the past year, how many members we've brought in in our department. And, you know, I spend a lot of time with them as the, the PPE officer and doing the, you know, protective equipment and walking them through the process of how their turnout gear works and everything. But then, you know, having an opportunity to walk through and spend some time with them on the pumpers and say, this is, you know, this is where this is. This is where the fan is. This is where the toolbox is. You know, and if you don't know something, ask and we'll find out we'll right. help you and we'll you know but like, I, I think that's some of that generational gap right like we can't just expect everybody to know everything so we have to help and you can't yell at them for not knowing that's the one thing i've i've witnessed a couple of times that you know people get upset that they don't know well they're brand new they don't wow. know you know they just you can't you, you, know, can't you get don't upset know what you don't know right you don't know and what they you might don't not know, exactly. know what was basic for you when you were their age but yeah. it's not right. basic but it's not basic anymore you know, if I may, I mean, just Zach reminded me of something. And, and, and I think the big thing, the mentoring program, I, I mean, yeah. I think that's huge. And that's something that I think has been super successful in Cider, and uh, obviously anywhere it's, it's employed. And right. that's great because Zach said it, you know, it's like, you know, you don't, you take the time, you go through the truck, you go through the fire hall, you talk about your gear, you know, and I think that mentoring program is right. I'd be interested if, if I could I, just, you're more yeah. involved in it, but. Yeah, just real quick, because I just want to tell the listeners. So if, if he, Snyder's really been active the last several years, like every volunteer department, right, on recruitment and retention. Zach's been an integral part of a recruitment and retention committee that has come forth with a lot of new ideas. I've talked about him on the show. Zach was a guest on my show with the other members of the committee back in November, talking about one aspect of our R&R campaign and a new program that we have, a new category of membership called the Duty Hour 
where they can serve hours instead of having to meet a minimum number of calls. They give us so many hours. But one of the ideas that they've implemented on top of that was a mentorship program. And Zach, is that what you were going to talk about? Well, that, to hear about it. Yeah, no, absolutely. That and, you know, I think, you know, we've we've been fortunate, right? We've brought in some we've brought in a lot of members and we've brought in a few that have other fire department background and experience. Right. So that we can fast track them in. And, you know, while they may not hold an official, you know, position, titled position, they are considered leaders, you know, within the company. Right. And they've taken some of the newer, greener members under their wing. And, have, you know, Dave and I built that wall prop. Right. A quick, simple little wall prop for them to to work through and, and how to, you know, do the, the low profile SCBA maneuvers. Right. And, you know, before Dave broke his hand, he's been you Lieutenant know, big- Buckfelder. Broke his hand in training. It happens. Wow. You get promoted. You got a promotion. You got promoted. promoted. Did I call him a lieutenant? Yes. Sorry. Firefighter Buckfelder. Tom's getting a little old. I'm getting old. I got an ankle issue. I'm a mess. Sorry. No disrespect to you. You know, he was a guy that was working... You know, working with with the younger, newer members and how on how to do those maneuvers and how to do things when they were up at the firehouse, you know, doing working duty shift hours. Somebody like Chris uh, Robinson, who's doing the same thing, you know, who's taking guys and, you know, walks them through different aspects. But the mentoring program is a big part of it. What is that? What are you guys doing? So when a new member joins, regardless of their time or experience, they're assigned a mentor. Um, and there's seven modules i think seven or eight modules now um and so we've taken that initial orientation program which was you know 10 hours of material condensed into a two-hour window that you're going to forget 80 percent of it you know by the time they would come into my office to get their turnout gear their eyes are already glazed over because (laughs) you know an assistant chief has sat with them and you know read through all the policies and procedures that they have to know and legally go through now we've been able to kind of break that out a little bit, make it a little bit smoother, uh, but then also assign them a mentor to help them walk through that process, have somebody that'll kind of be with them for the year, first year, and, and make sure that they're getting all these things checked off. So one of the big things is they go to you know each type of apparatus. So they come to the engines and we go through and basic engine operations. And, and so they're functional um, at calls, go through the heavy rescue, go through the tower ladder, go through the EMS component. And it's not that the mentor has to do that training, but the mentor just helps facilitate that. They reach out to, you know, the engine captain or, or the heavy rescue captain and, and go through that and, you know, set up some time. Like, hey, can you meet up at the firehouse, you know, after dinner on Thursday? Yeah, sure, no problem, and go through it. So you're not just throwing gear at them and say go to college. No, no, like, I mean. Like was done to so many, right, over the years? And, and one of the it's things, a nice scripted, structured. Yeah, it's, oh, it's very structured. Yeah, I mean, there's checkoff sheets, and you go through and sign off, and you know, and, and it helps. You know that process. We've added in a few things along the way, like you know, if it's a brand new member that has no experience, you know, we put them through the two minute drill multiple times, you know, to just get them prepped for when they go to firefighter one. So you know, and then when yeah. we go to those classes to help out, you you know, you kind of look at your own members and watch them smoke the other candidates or other firefighters there because they've been practicing. Right. Yeah. Um, and there's two sided, you know, your, your one side is some skills and the other side is the informal material, you know, some do's and don'ts rules of the firehouse. Uh, 
understanding the limitations of your gear. The one module, which I'm very excited about, is history. We sit them down for an hour and explain the history of our department and let them know why they should be proud not just to be a member of our department, but a member of the Great American Fire Service and establish some expectations in that history presentation about this reputation we enjoy and how it's their duty now that they, you know, they volunteered, they signed the application. It's their duty to uphold the strong traditions of the fire service. And one thing I discovered, and there's something we got to remember with this, the generations. Okay, so senior members out there, remember, there's no alternative coming through your doors that's going to replace the firefighter. You have to take in who's coming through your door. And in the case of the younger generation, get to know them, respect them. There's that R word again. Learn from them because this is a very smart generation. They are very smart. They know things that we didn't know at their age. Put them to play, put them to work in your firehouse and take advantage of those talents. However, also pass on your strong values, your strong traditions, your strong customs, your ways of doing things. And junior members, you don't get a pass here either. Respect the senior members, listen to their stories, embrace those customs, those traditions, those values, both for the department and our fire service. Let me give you one example. Go to the wakes. Yeah, you might not know that 75, 85-year-old firefighter who died because maybe his time or her time riding the rigs ended 10 years ago, ended five years ago, ended before you joined. Doesn't matter. You go to their wake. You pay respect to them and their family. But how can we expect them to do that if we don't talk to them about them that ahead of time? We lost firefighter Brian Parcott a couple of years ago. 49-year member. He wanted to make it to 50 year and he couldn't. In the last two years of his life, he wasn't around the firehouse as much as he would like to have been. So we had a few members come in that never met him. Brian passes away as a 49-year member, former fire commissioner, former captain, longtime member, participating member. We rolled out the very nice, nice firefighter funeral that he deserved with an honor guard, and some department flag. The new members didn't know him. If we didn't talk to them ahead of time, they wouldn't have gone to the wake. But we sat them down and explained to them, hey, let me tell you who he was. I understand you didn't know him, but part of being a firefighter is paying respect to those that served before. You do that, you'd be amazed at the impact you have on the family but also when you get back to the firehouse, the impact it's going to have on you. Because it does mean a lot. So you respect those values, those traditions, those strong customs of the fire service. You respect those senior members. And senior members, you respect those junior members. And your firehouse will be one department and one click. What do you think? Yeah, and I think that you know goes along with um, you know the, the newer members you know, both young and, you know, older that, you know, that, that may look at a guy with 30 years that doesn't go to many calls anymore. And they look at him like, well, what are you doing here? Like, you're not, you're not doing your job, but not knowing that 20 years ago when they joined or 30 years ago when they joined, they were the exact same person. Yeah. They were not, you know, 
30 years later, they're the same person, but the person that's saying that they're not anything, they were that person, you know, gung ho, going to calls, getting out of bed, in and out of bed, officers, you know, you know, when they, when they joined up and, you know, getting out of bed for the, the two, three o'clock AM calls, um, you know, they just, they don't know. They, they think that they've been there for 30 years and that's what the same, they've done the same exact thing right. for 30 years. And in many, many cases, that is exactly the, uh, yeah. the opposite of, of what the reality is. I can think of so many right now that, you know, got out of bed, ran calls as acting chiefs or chiefs um, or officers. I mean, one of them, Captain Burt Bugby, we still call him captain. He's a fire commissioner now. He's a captain for 26 years, yep. I believe. Yep. And, you know, I got out of bed at three in the morning many times, ran calls as acting assistant chief many times. You know, he's pushing 70 years of age now. He's still active with us. But is he getting out of bed like he used to? No. Does he deserve a break? Yes. But he's still contributing. He's still meeting his standards. So we don't look, you know, you got to, new members need to understand. That. And that's something that can be explained to them when they join as well. And I like to always point out our past chief, Jimmy Keppel. You know, God, I was a captain under him, and he was a workaholic getting out of bed super early to go to the alarm off or go to uh, the firehouse to work before going to his personal job, which at the time was a demanding private sector job. Good point, Chief. Really good point. As we get close to wrapping up here, I'll pass it off. We'll go down the line. Um, Zach, any final thoughts on FDIC? Any final thoughts on material you're taking home any final thoughts on something i might have cut you off no, on or? um i have a lot of great notes you know from this year like usual um you know try to digest it all makes you think you know I, I do like taking sometimes a class that you know you may not necessarily you go in you may not necessarily agree with the the total premise but you know, it makes you think. It challenges your thinking a little bit. I think that opens you up to learning some new things. So taking some some of that, those ideas, and you know, like I said, digesting it and you know, putting it into a article for the newsletter, or series articles, some drills, adding to my engine drills. So good. Go home a little more fired up. Yeah, I mean, I, I guess maybe if I get my running out the door for every call from you know. Commissioner Bugbeak, since I bought his house, <laughs> I'm also the equipment officer, which you know, yeah, yeah that's right. You took it over from him, and yeah. we also right. both have fantastic mustaches. Oh, okay. Oh, we gotta make sure he I, sees. You know, I never realized gonna... all that, but that's yes, a lot of similarities. Wow, wow. wow. I'm, I'm not sure if that's good or bad. That, but, <laughs> well, I'll just focus on those. <laughs> Commissioner Griebner, you know, I was sitting here thinking about you know the first time I came here in the mid '90s and. You know, it, it was in March and there was snow on the ground and we're out at the airport. And I'm just thinking how much I, it's hard to believe that many years has gone by. You mentioned earlier how yeah. many times and you've been here more than I have because but it's it's amazing, you know, to watch this conference grow into what it is today. Never gets you know, old. The though. venue, the venue has changed so much. The city has changed so much. It's amazing. But, you know, one thing is constant and that is and you just asked Zach this and I said it earlier is recharging the batteries. Especially for for an old guy like me, it's, it's it's you know it's. How do you recharge his batteries? <laughs> this is a guy that's still getting out of bed at three o'clock in the morning, still making seventy five percent of the four driver. Yep, yep. yep. Thanks, one. yeah. I don't know Thank if it's you. possible to. Re- I don't think your batteries. You're the energizer, buddy, bunny. Your batteries never drain. <laughs> and I appreciate that, but you know, I, you know, I, you know, obviously in time, I, I love it. I enjoy it, and I enjoy going to call. Enjoy driving, you know, and that's my thing now. 
you know, I'm not I'm non structural being an old guy, but I uh, obviously I I still feel I can still enroll. contribute. And and you know, and I and I love to drive and 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 I think that's that's my role it, right now and I and I'm enjoying it. But you know, and I'm also realizing that, you know, someday that's gonna end too. But so I'm gonna enjoy it while I can. It's reassuring when you come up to the firehouse for those calls and whether it's an EMS call or it's a call with the pumper or something that you know you see Paul up front, you're like, Okay, yep. we got our we got that's a driver, good. we're and, good. And, and, we're and, good. <laughs> let me just and I'll I'll stop talking, but I want to just say that thank you for that because it means a lot to me. Seriously. When they say that, and, and you know, they like Captain Galuzzo saying, uh, <laughs> right, yep. Zach says that, it really, it makes you feel really good. Well, you deserve it. Yeah, thank you. you. Really do. Chief, you've been coming for many years, too. Are you going home a little more fired up? Uh, yeah. Does it ever get old? It never gets old. I mean, like so before, it's, you know, a week of the, the brotherhood and sisterhood and, you know, meeting new people and learning new new stuff and you know, reiterating things that you've learned for years here that uh, just keep coming and coming and coming, you know, over and over again to different classes and, you know, different contexts. And, uh, no, nah, it's, it's great. You know, I've been coming here, like, a long time. Probably not as long as you guys, but a long time. And I think my first one was 1998 was the, the first time That's I came That's not here. yesterday. No, no, it's not. <laughs> So, We're a bunch of old guys, um, but yeah, no, it's 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 great as always, and uh, you know, looking forward to walking around the show today and and getting some ideas on some equipment. He's already hit me up for the fire district uh, gotta, credit card. Got to make some purchases. <laughs> he I'm bought me a coffee. Yeah. Is that is that a, you know is that that's not allowed? Is it? <laughs> well, I want to thank you, gentlemen, Captain Zach Pelvino, Commissioner Paul Greener, Chief Tim Oliver. I'd like to thank you for. You know, coming on the show today, sharing your experiences about FDIC, about Bobby Halton, about what you've learned, about what you're taking back, about being reignited and re-fired up to go home. And uh, it, it truly is another amazing year here in Indianapolis. If you've never been, I highly encourage you to come to FDIC. And if you know, you know, right? If you know, you know, because you come once, you will be hooked. <clears throat> And you will go home a better educated firefighter. You will go home more fired up to do the job. You will go home committed to the brotherhood and sisterhood that we all enjoy. My next show will be Tuesday live, I believe, because I don't have time to pre-record a show for Tuesday night. So I'll be going live. I have a couple guest ideas. But I remain committed to all of you to continue bringing topics of importance and relevance regarding our volunteer fire service to you, the listener. If anybody wants to reach out to me, you have a show idea, you want to be on my show to talk about something you're doing back home. You want to reach out to any of these gentlemen. You want more information on our recruitment program or the cancer network the commissioner was talking about. Anything at all, reach out to me. It's tamerrill63 at aol.com. It's T-A- Merrill, 63 at AOL.com. <laughs> My kids make fun of me as the chief just did because it's you AOL. Wait a minute. He's still AOL too. <laughs> what am I talking about? But no, feel free to get a hold of me. And uh, remember, our residents are owed professional service delivered by professional firefighters representing professional organizations. Thanks for listening in. Take care. <laughs>